Hey, Rackers, I am very happy to bring to you today a returning guest to Radio Bypass, the wonderful David Ellison. How you doing, David? Ralph, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Good to talk with you again. Likewise, and I am likewise. loving what we're here to talk about mainly is this. Let me see here. There we go. This fine piece of work. Ellison, yeah. Soto, Jeff Scott Soto, and yourself, along with uh, Paolo and Andy in uh, mm -hmm. playing on this record as well. Um, it's been out for what, just a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah. Like just less. less than a month, less than a month, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And the it's European release is still coming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, obviously that is for digital product in the stores and I guess some of the online outlets and stuff, but yet, as far as I know, a lot of people overseas have been buying it already. So, uh, and as Good. we did some shows, um, you know, like Jeff Scott Soto said, we did we did three shows over in Italy back in uh, September, um, just because our schedule allowed for it there. And uh, like Jeff says, he goes, "Hey, if you if you know if you listen to it, you know now, just please go buy a copy later." You know, and a lot of work went into it. A lot of people are are supporting it. So uh, you know, it's like, and it's I, I do it. I mean, when one of my records comes out, I immediately go to iTunes and I buy a copy. And right. when my friend's records come out, I immediately go buy a copy. You know, I bought The Cult, I bought Queensryche, I buy records from my friends. When their records come out, I support the cause, you know? Right. Yeah, I do the same. I do the digital iTunes also. I'm a user, and then I still like to get the physical whenever it's yeah. possible to. So well, I, it's funny. I get, I get the, the, the vinyl, right, when I've had this just sitting here because it's kind of like my 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 uh, fan bundle that, that Red Pack sent me. <laughs> I have one, too, you know, so... Uh, did you I get David Ellison's autograph on that? <laughs> uh, you know, I got my autograph on one of them. I did. There is something in there, like a record flat or something. And, and I fortunately signed my name pretty good on that one. So uh, I have, and I have one sitting up here on my, on my shelf as well. I don't tell Ratback, but I kept one just in case I didn't get one. You know, I was like, I got to keep one of these. So yeah, you deserve it. You deserve yeah. it. Yeah, Brad Pack really did a nice job. The packaging, I didn't see the vinyl. I don't have that yet, but the packaging is very nice. It's incredible. In fact, this one here was the, uh, you know, he did the really nice, the whole package of all the stuff. And then I think this, yeah, this one is the, uh, the splatter vinyl, right? Nice. Which is super fucking baller, man. Super cool. That, so that uh, is super cool. Yep. So they, yeah, they, they did a great job, you know, and that was, you know, it's funny, you know, Joe from Rat Pack and I have been buddies for quite a few years and, and it was actually Andy Martin Jelly, our guitar player who, um, we had the record done, um, wrapping it up. And he said, he goes, dude, hit, hit, hit Rat Pack, man. Hit Joe Rat Pack. He had, he had just worked on something maybe with Michelangelo or something. And I was like, God, you know, that's a good idea. He'd probably be the perfect fit for putting this record out. And, and, and he did. You know, he did all the old school stuff with like a pick and a patch and the vinyl right. and the cassette. And, you know, it's a, it's a real, it's as you would expect a model record to be. Right, right. Take us back to our youth when this is what the kind of stuff you looked for, right? So yeah, that's yeah. pretty. Well, cool. you know, I, I'd heard a trend at just this last week that you know this vinyl uptick, right? That this is you know the vinyl thing is in full swing now, as we know. But right. a lot of people will buy vinyl and not even open it. Um, and, and honestly, I wouldn't have done it either, except I wanted to see what my album looked like, so I, I opened of it. But uh, you know, the truth of it is, is is a lot of people, they just don't even open it. And that would be probably me in most cases. I have some vinyl here that I've gotten from people and I don't open it, but then I'll go to iTunes and buy it because that's that's where I listen to music. You know, when I'm flying in airplanes, I'll have it on iTunes or 
whatever. And, and that's, that's kind of where I, where I do my music listening or you know, I'll be in the car or something. Right. And, uh, cars don't have CD players anymore. So most of my CDs are just sitting there lonely on the shelf. I don't even play them anymore. We know how it goes, right? Yep. 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 So. I'm with you. Yeah. The albums in the days when that was the only option vinyl, I would do that sometimes my very, whatever my very favorite records were in a given year, I'd end up buying two copies and one I'd keep sealed and one was right. for playing. So I always had <laughs> right. a backup if I scratched the hell out of it, which I sometimes did. So, <laughs> yeah. I remember the true test. I remember going over to, I just seen Kiss. I was really young, like 13, right? I just seen Kiss and Uriah Heep open for him and a nice. neighbor uh, who was kind of like a long hair hippie guy. He was like working, I think, for my friend on my friend's farm. And um, he gave me the full education on Uriah Heep and, you know, all the stuff. And, and um, you know, this is back in the day, of course, with the big tower speakers and your Moran's turntable. And, and, you know, when you had the really bitching stereo, the bass of the speakers would skip the needle across the record, right? Because yep. there was so much low end in the house. You know, that was like the goal, man, of my speakers are so rad that it skips the needle on the vinyl. But, yep. uh, you know, reminiscing as we do. Yes, indeed. Well, let's uh, let's talk more about this fantastic record. So a couple of things I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget to touch on. So I made myself a couple of notes because I've listened to this a few times, absorbed the record. Mm -hmm. And of course, as I often do, I have early favorites, but then I add new favorites and, you know, and, right. and usually end up loving the whole thing, which is the case with all of these tracks on here. But a couple of things that um, I wanted to touch on is um we, yeah we know who you are we know who jeff is a little bit about paulo and andrew andy too because you've worked with them on some of your other right. uh, material but on the day before tomorrow there's a gal named giada singing a verse yes uh yeah tell, tell us about her I, I wasn't familiar with her yeah a wonderful singer she and her husband have a great uh power metal group out of northern italy called frozen crown and I had known their previous guitar player just briefly. She actually helped out at some VIP meet and greets in Europe. And that was kind of how Kiko actually said, oh, yeah, she's got a band. And then I checked her band. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And, and that's how I came to know Giada's voice. Uh, super great singer. And so I hit them up and just said, hey, would you want to, you know, give me a vocal on this, this track that I'm working on this album with, with Jeff Scott Soto? And, you know, in the power metal world, especially in Europe, I mean, Jeff is the king, you know, sure. uh, especially from, you know, I am the Viking with the Yngwie. I mean, that right. that's just forever. That's like his inner Sandman. You know what I mean? It's like right. forever. He's the God, you know. So uh, she's like, oh, my God, that would be great. I'd love to work with you guys. So it was it was great. And so she had a, a nice um, tone to her voice that I think worked really well with it. And, you know, that that's a song that's. Um, you know, orchestration wise, it really got pretty elaborate, you know, between the strings and some, you know, uh, some piano work and, um, you know, some violin stuff. And, and it, it got pretty uh, complex in a cool way, you know, that it was that it was yeah. elaborate because there's a lot of space in it, you know, and it started, I guess, probably with me playing the intro, the bass arpeggio thing on the intro. And then it just kind of turned into these nice chord changes, which opened up really nice for Jeff to lay the vocal out um, on top of it. So and it, it was nice. I'm glad to be able to do a, a duet on it. You know, it, the lyric called for it because it's a male, female kind of call and answer thing. 
right um between like a you know two lovers husband and wife in this case husband and wife vikings (laughs) in this case (laughs) he's died gone off to valhalla she's left behind longing for the day to meet again if not for the day before tomorrow you know so right uh it's yeah it's that's that's the story of it so i thought yeah she, she did a great job and it was it was nice to have the collaboration yeah, it really worked well with that song, I thought. That's why I had to know a little bit more about her, because I thought that was mm-hmm. a really cool um, part yeah, of that song. Check their oh, band out, Frozen Crown. They're, they're great. They're really cool. The musicianship's great. You know, Giada's lovely and sings great. And it's nice, because they do they duet between, because her husband writes, I think, most of the lyrics and music and everything. So they do the duets as well, which is what hit me. It's like, okay, she, she knows how to do this. You know, She's not just the female lead singer. The duetting thing they do a lot of in Frozen Crown, so it's that that's kind of what sparked the idea to to have it be that duet like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and the violinist too, Allison, I thought was really good on this track as well. Yeah, really good, and and she's on that, and also on Rise to Win, um, which is kind of my bass shred uh moment you know on the on the intro of it but um yeah she got some good stuff on there and she's got her band metal mariachi out of la uh which is very cool she's great in fact i actually hired her to be in the lucid video that we did uh we when we did the track let's see which one was it mask or not uh she's in that so if you okay. want you know, that's that's her without the metal mariachi stuff you know because that's kind right. of they do all their whole get up and everything but yeah she's great total pro um got a great sound and you know knows how to uh you know integrate that style of violin playing you know acoustic acoustic instruments in the big electric rock settings is is it's difficult Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work you know so to be obviously with recordings it works well so but she she's a pro she knows what she's doing gotcha yeah i i love that and then on Hercules, I also happen to love that fretless bass. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if that was something you heard in your head as you were writing the music that you said, oh, man, this has to be fretless. You know, it's interesting with that because I Andy had encouraged, you know, so funny. Andy drove so much of this. You know, it was his idea. He's the, he's the one who really encouraged me to get Jeff to sing on the record because, you know, kind of back to the origin of it in early 2021 we were essentially writing what would become what we thought probably the next ellison solo record mm-hmm. and i just had jeff sing on the track loved his voice uh on the song writing on the wall which is on the digital uh the digital streaming <coughs> excuse me um where all, where all the tracks are right. and uh andy just said he goes dude let's just keep sending him tracks like he's great he's you know he, he sounds great with what we're doing so, you know, that led to, you know, a collaboration, obviously not Ellison with featuring Jeff Scott Soto, but let's just call it Ellison Soto, you know, because we're right. both names in our in our respective, you know, genres, if you will. Um, and in a way brought Jeff back into more of a metal setting that he admittedly hasn't been that much involved in. It's kind of more rock and right. prog, prog stuff, you know, so to bring him back and kind of center him back in that, you know, you know what we've i like it's me you know we kind of got to know him from ingbe and all this you know this great power metal stuff so i felt good about that but yeah then you know then andy suggested rat pack and then he um then he said he goes dude you need to shred on this album you got to throw some chops down so um i said you know i've got some stuff because i've been i was actually just recording these little segments these little bits 
So I had the fretless thing. I had the other, the little, the little two-handed thing I was doing. Right. And then some kind of single string noted that, you know, that some of that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Get off the, get off the leash, man. Like throw down, you know, like play some lead bass. So, uh, yeah, it was fun to do it. And, um, and it was kind of cool because we made all those different parts work because there's kind of three different sounds. There is. The bass yes. parts, which so it kind of sounds like there's three different bass players trading licks. You know, it sounds like Billy Sheehan, Victor Wooten, and David Ellison or something. If we all got in a room, that's probably what it would sound like. You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I love the sound of it. And I was like, I think I hear fretless here. And, and I yeah. hadn't had this yet to verify it. And then I saw it right. in the, and I'm like, man, that's really <laughs> cool. And I was just wondering how that came to be because, fretless for my bass player friends you know kind of comes and goes and a lot of times it's like they're they've got a riff of some sort and then they decide oh you know i think fretless might sound cool you know so i was just curious how that came to yeah, be and fretless you. is a difficult instrument kind of kind of like acoustic stuff we we're talking about you know it it's it it has its place especially in big rock settings you don't really hear the dynamic of it like i love jeff obman's uh, from Pearl Jam, one of my favorite bass players, you know, just between his 12 string and fretless stuff that he does is very cool. Right. Um, Tony Franklin from The Firm and a gazillion other things that he does. Great. You know, really knows how to just get the bass to speak because you can play a fretless differently. You don't have to just play it like you would an electric fretted, you know, digging into those notes to get that that growl it's that it's that growl that's cool and being able to play octaves and slide things around right. um you know it it's it kind of again it takes you off the leash you know so you can really be very expressive with it but if you're doing it with a big wall of guitars and everything it, it's it's hard to hear it it doesn't it doesn't really have the the effect the intended effect in my opinion so that's why at the, I put it in the at the beginning and then in a, in a break of, of rise to win where you can really hear it uh, where there's not a bunch of other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, so that it, it really speaks and you can hear what it is. It's a fretless bass. You know? Right. Right. Well, awesome. So yeah, I love that. And then um, something a little maybe different than people might think of from, from you is out of the blue. What a sweet mm -hmm. little piano ballad that is. Yeah. And I was curious about that. Did you write that on the piano or? I did. I wrote it on the piano. Um, I just sat down and, I was kind of in a piano mode. I was writing a few things and, and it was just fun to sit at a different instrument to just place my hands anywhere on the keyboard and see what first chord I hit. And then the second chord and I, hmm, that's something. And then, then I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. And then from there, I kind of start singing melodies and then uh, I started filling in some lyrics. You know, it's funny. I, I, I'll, I'll admit this. I actually, took the lyric concept from that song pina colada you really know? do you like pina i didn't colada? think i did not make yeah. the connection man yeah well <laughs> and the storyline and the melody isn't it at all like that but the, but kind of the concept of it of you know these these two you know man and woman husband wife whatever like you know they're kind of off looking for something different. Remember the storyline? They, they write this, they put it out of the paper, they write this thing, and then they end up yeah. backing. And at the end of the story, they end up meeting each other, realizing, oh my God, I didn't know you like Peter Clotta. I didn't know you like Peter Clotta. <laughs> so it's it's this thing where basically what they were both looking for was the exact thing their partner already had. And it took them kind of going on this journey to come all the way back home to find it. So that's right. that was the... Uh, 
the whole story is that basically, you know, that's the, the lyrical theme of it. Man, I'm impressed. I haven't thought of Rupert Holmes and that song. <laughs> right? And I don't even hey, know. Listen to a little Yacht Rock on Sirius XM <laughs> and all that stuff comes back. It's a, they, Those were great songs because I grew up on it. Jay Ferguson, like Thunder Island, all this oh, great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what? what's impressive is, is of course, the song has to be great because you got three minutes to really hit it and tell the story and you realize how great right. those songs were. But they there was no Pro Tools. There was no flying shit in. It was... I mean, these guys had to play that good. And that's when I got in the business was cutting analog and you really had to play. You really had to play that good. Right. Um, and so when I go back and I hear it, and of course these records came out when I was a kid. So I'm just going, man, these guys could play their asses off and sing great. So, you know, when I just sit at the piano, it's just me acapella singing. I was like, I gotta be that good. <laughs> you know what I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do it. And of course, Jeff, as a real vocalist, you know, takes it to a whole other level, you know, but yeah, uh, but it was yeah. cool to kind of sketch out the lyric, sketch, sketch out the vocal melodies for him. And he fucking sang everything that, that I, that I was coming up with. And of course really had the, the emotion and just goes to show how great Jeff is. I mean, the guy can sing, you know, rise to win and then turn right around and sing out of the blue, you know, so the guy right. can do any, do anything, you know? Yeah. That he can, that he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I love that song. And I was like, wow, this is uh not probably something most David Ellison fans would have expected. And that's what makes me love it even more. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. it when, when people spread out and do things that you might not think of them for. And, I appreciate uh, that. You know, writing on the wall was one of those two. I sat literally in this room one day on a Sunday afternoon and I just wrote the bass part, <clears throat> went over to my buddy's house to demo it up real quick. And basically that track is a, a development of the demo. It, it's the demo. Um, and then I added some, t- when I got that 10 string bass that I, for, that Jackson Tars made for me, I added that on there to uh-huh. just widen it out. I think it was my 76 P bass. And then I added the Jackson 10 string on there. Um, and, um, and, uh, you're talking about drums. writing on the wall now, writing on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And then, and I did song had been sitting there for a while, but it was something very different. You know, it was just this sort of kind of this ominous warning was what the lyric was, you know, I see the writing on the wall and, you know, this, and, um, and, and so it's, it just, I had the, the tune written and even recorded properly. And then, you know, that was the first one I sent to Jeff. I said, Hey dude, can you flip you a couple of bucks just to throw a vocal on it? Cause, uh, and that was basically the first song that started this whole thing. And, yeah, um, you know, Jeff sings professionally, he cuts, he sings on people's records and does stuff all the time. So I didn't want to take advantage of his time. He's a professional. That's why I threw him a couple of bucks to do it. But then, then after that, once we started, I think the next thing we sent him was, I'm looking at the record. I think we sent him like sharpen the sword and a couple of heavier hitting things. And he loved it. And, and that's, that's when he said, he goes, look, dude, you don't have to pay me. Like we don't let's, 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 let's do this together as a team. And, and, and we're, it seems like we're creating a sound and, yeah, it's it's coming together nicely. And I said, that's cool. I said, I'll be easier on my pocketbook. <laughs> and and right. honestly, I, I'd rather create something with you anyway. I'd rather it be our sound, our record. I don't really want to just hire a bunch of sidemen to do it. I'd rather we do it, you know, one for all, all for one. Right. And, uh, you know, then we get all the credit and spoils the war are ours. And it's, you know, I'd, I'd rather do it. Like, to me, that's what this is always about is, is the teamwork of it. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And while you're on writing on the wall, that was one of the notes that I made for myself, too, about the 10 string bass, which you mentioned. And then even the lyrics listening to them. Now, I know this isn't now what this is about, but listening to us even think, boy, this could even describe your relationship with Dave Mustaine, you know, 
um, the, the way some of those lyrics go, it made me think of that, your, your relationship there. Um, well, you never know what might inspire a song. So. <laughs> we'll leave it over to interpretation of the listener. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's lyrics. ironic how it all fell, isn't it? That I wrote the song several years ago, couldn't find a home for it shit blows up record comes out and it's like well there it is you know yeah. so yeah i mean think about what justice you, think about those yeah. words though i i don't think i'm wrong that it could be that you know um hey. and then another tune that i love on this freaking record is the, especially the opening the way it starts is celebrity mm. trash oh yeah that is so cool i love 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 that opening <laughs> that opening piece and then the lyrics of course they get a kick out of too but sure but the, the way that song starts out did you already have it that way when when this came to you you or? know it's funny i remember writing the lyric and it was just about social media whores you know um you know just the, the incessant thing of like how someone can present themselves as one thing and then you know, it just turns out to be something completely, you know, you know yeah. fake identities, basically, you know, it's like, this isn't really how I look or who I am at all. It's just sort right. of, you know, made up images. Right. You know, right. Um, and, um, and so I remember writing the, I remember when I wrote it, we we're I was on tour in Europe and I remember finding like Luxembourg or something as best I remember writing it as trying to get it written before I had to turn my phone off before we landed. Right. And it just kind of one of those that fell out pretty quick. And so when we, um uh wrote the, the music for it i think i kind of create came up with the initial riffs and then andy and i flushed it out and and um sent it you know sent it to jeff once we started writing together and he loved it and, and he then he took the story and really fleshed the lyric out and got the storyline really cooking with it but yeah it's one of his favorites that and lone star lone star uh, is cool too <laughs> yeah right he, those are two that he always brings up yeah, I like and, uh, the way that one moves too, but but that opening, just that first, you know, minutes or yeah. maybe 30 seconds, I didn't actually look at the timer, but just the way it starts before it hits the vocals, I was like, man, this is really cool the way this moves. Yeah, so. thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good uh, key changes from song to song you know everything isn't in e or a you know like that right. uh, that's in b um you know and I, I forget off the top of my head which all of them are but uh you know there's a lot of variety so when they there when is. the song sequence it's not like you're just listening to the same song in the same key throughout like you know that that there's there's a lot of variety and i and i love that you know there's variety in the every you know your vacation in the underworld obviously hits pretty hard um like a bullet has a bit more just kind of rock thing mm -hmm. about it's sharp and the sword's pretty freaking metal again, you know, so it kind of goes back and forth between that. And it isn't just this constant bulldozer hit to the head all the time, you know, that there's, right. there's, there's tempo changes, there's sensibility changes and there's, there's key changes and all the, you know, to me, the musical things that make, make it a, a listening journey rather than just a collection of a bunch of singles or something. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, I like it for that very reason as well. Mm. You got the real pounding, almost speed metal drums in some cases, and then, you know, right. very mellow in others. And, and mm. I like, and I, and the song order, I think the way you guys sequenced them is a good order. Um, yeah. Thank in you. My opinion. Thank you. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, and then speaking of vacation in the underworld, which starts it out, that's the first track is um was that 
how did you come to decide to make that the album title? You know, it's it just was Steve Conley, who was in F5 with me uh, back in the 2000s and now plays guitar in, in Flotsam and Jetsam and has done a great job of writing some great Flotsam tracks in recent years. Some of the mm -hmm. more recent albums, he's done a lot of writing. And he, and he had, this was during COVID, so this is probably, I guess it was 2021. Um, you know, I was sitting around bored. He had a song, he asked me to play bass on it. And his original idea was, hey, I might just throw it up on YouTube just to kind of keep my name out there. And, and, I, and I got it. I was, like, I was like, dude. And Ken Mary's playing drums on that one track because they had composed or Steve composed it. Ken played drums on it. <clears throat> and I said, man, this is too good to just throw away as a COVID YouTube track, man. Yeah. And, uh, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm working with Jeff Scott Soto on some stuff. I said, can I have him? put a vocal down he goes sure you know we love jeff why not you know so uh and that's where it started then jeff and i collaborated on the lyric and um and uh the melody and everything and and i mean one uh, first of all i love the title uh it was super I cool too. and yeah yeah to me it was just like come on this is this is it right here it's like and I was kind of thinking, you know, this, the, you know, the, 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 our album artwork, is it like going to Las Vegas? Is are you down in the underworld with fucking hell and Satan and, you know, fucking chicks and booze and money? You know what, you know, kind of what is that? So we, we, right. we toyed around with it for a little bit. We kind of let the, the lyric tell the story more so than having to be so graphic about it. Cause I love, I love the artwork, the, the graphic of the, I think speaks more to the album not mm -hmm. just one song, you know? So, um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, um, it, it, that, that song to me just was like, so obvious. It's like, God, this is such a great opener, the right. title track lyric. I mean, just everything about it says, this is, this is the needle drop. When people, Ellison Soto, I wonder what this is about. Bang, there it is. Ask no more questions. You know right, what I mean? Just, right. just fucking deliver it straight up the middle, you know? So <laughs> that, there it is. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. I like it. Yeah. You talk about the, the this this graphic here too, right? Yeah. What yeah, you're speaking yeah. of, if you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it looks really cool. I like the the, the coloring too. You know, whatever I, I agree. It's not a it's funny. It I'm kind of almost color coded. Now it didn't mean to be, but but you are, yes. Ron John shirt. It's kind of <laughs> the irony. But uh I, I do like it. It's it it has something uh you know, not sort of your typical just red and black and you know, kind of typical metal stuff because it's it's not just a metal record, you know. I, right. I if I had to determine it, it'd probably be kind of power metal in, in nature, but it has a lot of other stuff to it. So we didn't want it to just look only like a full on, you know, Hessian metalhead kind of record. There right. Was Which is definitely rock. not that. Yeah. And it's got yeah. kind of, of a European sound to it too. For like sure. The European hard rock metal band sound like it's got that kind of, there's some about it. I don't know how to, I can't put my finger on it, but no, I agree. A little bit of a European sound to it. I'll tell you, Ralph, that working with these um, people overseas, I, I enjoy it, you know. Um, and probably my first experience is working with Max Cavalera, um, him being from Brazil. And he lives here in town, not far from me. And when I worked on a couple of Soulfly records, to just really, you know, you enter his world. And it's, mm -hmm. it's all of that culturally, lyrically, everything about it. So that was kind of my first experience. And I really dug it. And then to work with... Um, 
you know, with Andy, um, you know, being Italian. I mean, look, when we go over there and work, you know, Andy will pick me or in this case, me and Jeff up at the hotel at like noon, right? And usually in America, it's like, okay, we pick up, we get noon, we work hard, we work eight or 10 hours a day, we grind through it. Right. You know, our our typical work ethic in America, right? Um, over there, they're like, all right, let's go get something to eat. All right. So we go get pizza, pasta, whatever, you know, and then now it's like two o'clock. Like, all right, we should probably get going. Yeah, first, let's get a coffee, you know, you know, and now it's three o'clock. You're going, all right, kind of, you know, and it's like, should we get to the studio? Yes, but first we go past this pastry shop, you know, we get some pastries, right? So next thing you know, it's four thirty, five o'clock. We haven't played a note, you know, we get finally get in the studio. And we're all fat, numb, and happy from eating all this killer Italian food, you know. Right. Um, and it's funny how the music flows. Everybody's in a great mood because everybody's relaxed. Nobody's uptight. Right. And it's it's just, you know, it's the old thing about, you know, they they work to live. They don't live to work, you know, right. which, you know, was how. We're definitely you know, we're the opposite. Of, we're trained like that here in America with capitalism right. and be all you can be. And over there, like, eh relax, have a coffee, you know, take it easy, you know, and, and right. it's funny how easy and how fun it is. And it kind of gets you back to the spirit of, oh yeah, that's right. Playing music, you know, being in a band, not having to answer to the rules of society, the rules of, you know, we, we're, we're not adulting here, you know, we're just right dudes in a band just thrown down. And it, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of fun to it, you know? So I, I credit the Italians for, you know, just getting us to chill out and, 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 and how productive we are. It's funny how, how, how just how much we get done, you know, when we're, right. when we're just kind of relaxing and enjoying the process. So you were able to record together then. <laughs> we're in the well, unfortunately rooms. the recording we had to do because it was COVID era. So we had no choice. Okay, that's but what fortunately, yeah, all of us have home studio stuff. I've got another studio here in town. I like to go to record bass because honestly, I like to plug into real mic preamps and really, you know, plug into an SSL and hear it through the big speakers, you know. Right. I mean, bass, and while you can use headphones or whatever, you know, I'm sorry, bass just does not sound the same on computer speakers. You know, you need to oh, put sure. it up top, let's put it upstairs, let's get this place rumbling. Right. And, and, you know, so to me, I, I always record at my friend, John Acolino's place. He's got an SSL oh. room and now a focus right room. And I mean, I mean, you can hear everything in there and, and that's what I want. I, that's how I've gotten used to cutting records over the years. Um, and Andy's got an incredible, uh, home studio set up there. And we often use his friend Alessio up in London. He's got a great studio up in Wembley. So me and Andy write up there a lot. So, um, yeah, just this year, though, since things have opened up, Andy and I have been doing more writing for more stuff. And then when we did our little tour back in September with uh, on this record, um, you know, that's when the pasta and pastry brigade broke out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, nice. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. It's really cool. You know, so it's just. It's just it's nice to be relaxed making music, especially when you're making heavy music and rocking and you know and all that it is. It's it's just it's right. fun to just have that tempo, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. The mindset, the vibe is so important. I think you know it definitely everything. shapes the music. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we stop talking about this fine, fine record, anything else that you would like to say about uh, that's going to probably reflect? So anything else you would like to say about this fine, fine album? 
You know, we pretty much covered it. I, I've been, I've been, it's been killing me sitting on it because I feel really strongly about it. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of it myself. When I put it on, I love listening to it, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and right. And it, it was fun to play live when we got a chance to play a few songs and hopefully here in the new year, we'll have some more opportunities to, to go out and, and do some more shows and performances. Any so, chance uh, of doing anything together here in the U S well, not certainly not until next year, because now Jeff is off in Trans-Siberian Orchestra World. And right. um, and knowing that, that's why I asked if we could try to just get together in September when uh, Jeff happened to be over on that side of the world. And that's why we did those dates in Italy during that time. Gotcha. So, but probably in the new year here, we'll hopefully have some opportunities to fire this off. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd love to see this live. And speaking of touring, um, you did some, uh, I think it was in October, you did uh, Kings of Thresh some dates, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any more of that coming down the pipe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that that was a thing where, <clears throat> of course, everybody knew our names, me, Jeff Young, Chris Pollan. Um, you know, we advertised we were going to play The Killing Is My Business and so far it's a good slow record. And as it turns out, we ended up playing like half a piece cells too. So it's like, nice. that's probably the most freaking muscular set list I've played since probably Rude Awakening when we filmed that in 2001 and I was... 20 years younger, you know, so we right. were going out there. We, we turned up the gas, man. I mean, there was, there was no screwing around on that one, and but you, you know, those albums in their entirety, right? We did. Yep. Yeah. We did. Yep. Yeah. Top to bottom. And, um, and it was great. I mean, it's super cool, super fun. Maybe just realize how cool those songs are, how the detail and intricacies, you know, it was a very different era too. The songs were written under much different pretenses. There was a, there is a real innovation and 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 sort of um, I guess that's the word innovation. There's a real innovation in those records, you know, the stuff of the '80s back then that we were doing. Um, mm -hmm. So, and look, we needed we just picked four cities. We said let's just go out and fire this off, kind of a proof of concept, show everybody what we got. Um, I think the first night when we played in San Diego, uh, the fans right away got it. Went, oh my god, like this, holy shit, like. <laughs> Like we've been asking for this and wanting this for years and oh my God, there they really are. Those are really the guys to play those right. records and like, this is it, you know? So, and our, and our, our drummer, Fred and our singer, Chaz, I mean, they're, they're got it, you know, in their heart as younger guys. So they get it and are, we're excited to be there with us doing it. So yeah, it really was just a, just a moment in time for that to, to fire off like that so well. And yeah, now as a result, look, we've got live recordings. We've got, um, you know, more stuff coming up here in, um, in the new year for that. So yeah, that was just the beginning. That was just us, you know, that was just the first firework we blew off. You know, there's definitely going to be more after this. Nice. Nice. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh man, I was going to try to make the date down at the whiskey, but I, I couldn't do it. But yeah. um, I thought that would have been really cool to see. So I'm, that's why I was hoping that that's what you were yeah. going to say, that you're going to do yeah, some yeah. more of this. Yeah. And then um, lastly, before we uh, part, how about the Lucid? We, I really liked that record a lot that came, when it came sure. out. Uh, yeah. Any more uh, stuff with that going on? We do. Um, I think in a couple of weeks, uh, some new stuff coming out. And it's, uh, again, some stuff we've had in the can um that we were we had some dates originally back in may our guitar player had a health issue drew but he got through that he's good um so we just kind of held it back knowing you know i had the allison soda record we were doing uh kinks thrash 
So I said, let's just kind of clear the runway a little bit. And, and uh, so I think November um, will be the time we'll uh, fire, fire, drop, drop a couple of new things, fire some new stuff off here. Nice. All right. Good. I'm looking forward to that. And actually, while we were on the Kings of Thrash, we should I should have mentioned this uh, in just a couple of weeks. Right. Today's November 1st as we record this. So, yeah, a couple of weeks you're going to be at the Days of the Dead convention in Chicago right. or I think it's yeah. in Rosemont, maybe. Um, and, and is the band playing at that, too? One of the nights? It's not Kings of Thrash. So the promoter, Bill, had reached out to me about this. Um, uh a couple months back, uh, a few months back after this summer, right as we were getting the whole Kings of Thrash thing on the books and ready to launch and announce. And he hit me <laughs> and he, he asked, he said, he goes, look, I'm doing a lot more music stuff at my conventions. And would you and Jeff and Chris come out? And um, so I said, yeah. So he's got uh, a Metallica tribute band, Hardwired, is playing. He said, look, these guys can be your drummer and singer. And I said, yeah, uh-huh. look, as long as they know the songs, no problem. We know what we're doing. So it should be fun. It, it's um, you got to have a ticket to get into the Days of the Dead to come to see the event. Uh, Saturday nights would be what uh, November nineteenth, I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, is that right? In nineteenth, I, I think. I think so. Yeah. I'll yeah. Triple check yeah. here while we're talking about, but yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So that's, that's what, what it is. Yeah. So Chris and Jeff and I will be at the show with all the other celebrities. You know, signing autographs. So come on over and see us and. Uh, yeah, nineteen. Get some autographs. Yeah, and then the nineteenth that night is the is the concert, and we'll be jumping up and uh, jamming a few of our tunes. So, and again, these are the old nice. school, the old stuff from back in the day. So, uh, and, and do you know? I couldn't find information. I looked at their website to try to find out wh- exactly where this is at. Is it at the Crown Plaza Hotel? Do you know? It is. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. it's at the Crown Plaza. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Chicago friends. Crown Plaza, Rosemont, River Road. That's where this is taking place. <laughs> I just want to, yeah, want to make sure I can cool, steer people to the right place. Yeah, yeah I think that would be very be cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So as always, another busy year coming up for uh, David Ellison. You just yeah. keep cranking it out. So you got a lot of things. I don't know what else to do. So year. I keep doing this, you know, that's how it is, right? <laughs> well, so it's, uh, as a fan, I'm glad you do. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Thank you. No, Thank look, you. it's, you know, this is my, this is my place in life. And this is what I do. You know? So yeah. Awesome. Thank, thanks for the support, man. I appreciate it. Ralph. Yeah, of course, David. Well, thanks for coming back to radio bypass and filling us yeah. in and everybody, if you haven't, I know I've been playing tracks off of this on the music show every week, but if you haven't picked up a copy of this yourself yet, please get it. Cause you will love it. And Rat Pat records, as I was saying, has, I, I think they're still available. They have some different packages, different ways you can yeah. get this, um, including maybe some David Allison guitar picks, I think is in one of the packages. I think I there think. are some in there. Yes. Um, yes. So you can yeah. check out ratpackrecords.com, I believe. And um, Ellison Soto has uh, social media pages under Ellison yeah. so- Soto. Um, yeah. And of course, if you just search David Ellison, you'll see like a million things that he's involved with. So thanks a lot, David, and good luck and uh, have a great rest of the year. Thank you, my friend. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye.